everybody. Welcome to the AA Real Recovery Big Book Solutions podcast. I'm Natalie and I'm an alcoholic and I've got Michaela, my co-host and Marnie, our special guest today. Do y'all want to say hi? Yay. Hi. (laughs) So we've got people from like, we're in like three parts of the world here. So where I am in Thailand, it's 930 p.m., Marnie's in the middle in the UK and it's like 3 p.m. in Michaela's. 7.30 a.m., man. <laughs> Jesus. Here we are. Willingness. Strenuous people work. Walking their dogs right now. You know those people. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. We can show up all over the world like this. And, um, yeah, so thank you guys for joining today. Um, So for those of you who are new to the podcast or you're rejoining, thank you so much for listening and supporting us as we get this message of the big book study out into the world. Um, And the, the intention for this podcast is to show how this specific AA big book study process changes people's lives you know, mine, Michaela's, and the guests that we have on the show. So the way we kind of format or structure the topic of conversation is that we talk about, you know, what it was like. I mean, we might dabble into, you know, our drug and alcoholic past, but it's more about like what life was like before this big book study, what happened and what it's like now after or what changed after the big book study. So um, pretty simple. Uh, And just a little plug on if you want to know more about us, we have a, uh, like a blog website. It's however you found the podcast, you can click on the links. They're there. You can find us on YouTube. Michaelis is now blowing up on TikTok, I hear. He's like TikTok famous. So you might want to follow him on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know if I'm TikTok famous, but yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Although some dude like randomly like recognized me at a gas station. Which I was no funny. way. I like got out to like pump gas. He's like, Michaelis. And I was like, hey, <laughs> he's like, Hey, I just want to tell you, man, I love you, man. I love what you do. And I'm like, do I know you? He's like, no, no, no. You don't know me. I just seen you on TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And and he's like, yeah, man, I just, you know, I love what you guys are doing, the whole crew. Like, I'm like, that's really cool. I said, are you sober? He's like, no, no, I'm not sober. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, cool. Um, you know, gave him a hug and made a joke about like making a TikTok about that moment. And, and then we just, you know, went on our merry way. So it was, it's kind of funny. So you are TikTok famous. I think the people <laughs> that I'm hanging out with are TikTok famous. They've got like, you know, over half a million subscribers or followers or whatever. So people have seen me on their TikTok and it's all, I mean, it's, the cyber world i don't know what any of it means it's just whatever it is just trying to help people yeah yeah but it's been fun though i like making videos i like um people asking questions that's really cool people getting vulnerable yeah nice are they asking in like the in comments or 
Is that what you Some mean? are direct messages, some are comments. And then like I set up a Q&A thing where people can like actually ask questions like in a little section of TikTok and then you can reply with a video. I've been doing a lot of that. Ooh, it's so, fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, well, what's your username on TikTok for our listeners so they can follow you? Well, it's the spiritual revolution after the title of my book that's going to come out soon. Cool. I was actually wondering what the title of your book was because when we recorded the Brown Boy episode, um, I you had just <laughs> you had just uh, you had just finished the first draft and you were we talked about the titles because you had some working titles it, that was not one of them so sounds like you've come up with a title marnie remember jesse um the yoga brother yeah 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 like i actually was like trolling his instagram page and like i feel like he said something about the spiritual revolution in one of his comments or something and i was like oh that's the title and then I ran him into him. Yeah, I ran into him at the gym like shortly after when I was in Bali, and I'm like, "Bro, thank you so much! Like, you gave me the title for my book, and we hugged it out, and it was great." Blue's having a baby. Blue had a baby. Really? What? <laughs> it's, it's, it's exciting. Blue had a baby. Blue is a person we all know. Yeah, we love Blue. <laughs> so many questions <laughs> i know right i know it's it's amazing we're living in such a fast-moving world aren't we Miracle hey, doing, the program. so marty our guest welcome hey marty's awesome so do you, why don't, yeah, why don't you introduce Marty? Cause you guys have the original like, um, connection or whatever. Hey Marty. <laughs> How do we meet? What happened? Well, I was in Bali and I was just after picking up, like maybe about three weeks or so after picking up my two year chip for being clean in Narcotics Anonymous. And I went to an NA meeting um, on a Thursday night and this person who is Michaela's um, was just new to Bali and was asked to share for maybe about 10 minutes. And afterwards we all went for dinner. And I remember um, chatting with Michaela's across the table And being in early recovery, um, although I didn't think I was in early recovery at the time, Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, was just so uncomfortable with these social situations. And I remember leaving early. Um, And then the following night, um, it was an AA meeting and in Bali, um, the, the Friday night meeting, it's a small fellowship, as probably a lot of our listeners know. And um, the Friday night meeting uh, was quite a big deal and Michaela was the guest speaker there and he spoke about the programme of the 12 steps in a way that I'd never heard it before and something in the way that he described, well not something, many things in the way that he described how he applied the programme to his life 
pierced through the denial that I was in at the time and reduced me to tears in the meeting. Um, wow. And well, like in, in the book, um, you know, not long after Michaela started to take me through the book and the prayer, um, please bury my pride before God, please bury my pride before my pride buries me, um, was just so relevant. And um, I wanted wait, to... Wait. Sh- Hold on. How did you ask me? And like, because this is a funny story. Like you, you asked me about taking you through the book. Like, what was that conversation like? No, I didn't ask you. You offered to take me through. Uh, the I was book. like, oh yeah, let's do this shit. But then, like, it, it was like a funny conversation, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so Michaelis, <laughs> Michaelis is a good-looking guy, and I was alone with Michaelis in someone's house after we'd all been out for dinner, and I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking he's hitting on me, and you know, I've got a real. <laughs> and you know all of this stuff so um, he asked me some questions that were very directive towards recovery in the program and it just started to like peel off some layers and I burst into tears and Michaela said to me listen if you if you need help I can help you I can take you through the book um but he said but if you if you think that you're going to use this time to try to fuck me (laughs) and I mean I was an emotional wreck at the time and it was like he was looking into my head (laughs) and (laughs) caught me out on my shit and I obviously lied about it I said no no I wasn't thinking that at all and I ran away (laughs) (laughs) that's so good (laughs) I've told that story so many times to people. <laughs> it's the best. It's so funny. You know what he went on, right? He actually went on in that in those few sentences to explain about all of the gorgeous women who he'd taken through the book. <laughs> I'm from LA. I've worked with like models and actors. <laughs> it's so not practice my boundaries. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And I ran away. Well, you know why? Like, I did fuck up once, actually. I did. I wound up sleeping with a girl that I worked with one time. And, like, it really fucked me up, actually. Because I saw, like, the negative effect it had on her. And, and uh, you know, this thing is, like, so pure. And it's so, like, special, And, like, it just hit me so hard that, like, I could easily destroy something that is, like, a real godsend. And, like, Mm -hmm. I vowed, like, just never to do that again and to just keep a really hard boundary, like, working with. Because I knew I needed to work with as many people as I could, women included. So I was just, like, that's where that was coming from, you know. It was, like, a really, yeah, that was a challenging experience for me. But yeah, like our story was funny. It was really good. Yeah, it's it's a hilarious moment and one that I'll never forget. <laughs> is it raining? I feel like it was raining. I don't know. It was just like, yeah, it was it, cool. It was raining in my heart. It was raining. <laughs> yeah. So wait, like what was your experience before like in AA before you met me, before all that stuff like that, like what was going on in your life? So, so I, I had wound up in a 12 step meeting in Bali after a night out on New Year's Eve. 
which um, I ended up in a hotel room with a pile of drugs on the table and some shady people from Peru. And um, it it was like the moment of clarity that I needed. That um, So anyway, long story short, I ended up in, a, in an NA meeting um, a few days later. Um, you know, it was totally divine intervention. Um, somebody who I'd met fairly recently reached out to me randomly and went for dinner with me and anyway I ended up in the Sene meeting and I wasn't really sure if I was identifying with what I what I was hearing I was definitely identifying with what people were saying about how they felt but there was a lot of talk of drugs that I'd never used before and I was questioning from the get-go, am I really an addict? And nobody could really explain to me what an addict was either. Um, but I also could recognise that it wasn't my idea to end up there. And I could see that people had gained a lot in their lives from working this 12-step programme that they were all talking about. So there was enough to keep there, there was enough hope in the room to keep me there but I really struggled with identifying with addiction with the drugs um and I did go to AA meetings but I also really struggled to identify with being an alcoholic as well and it was down to me having a stereotype of what that was um it was down to comparing my drinking and my using because I'm saying I struggled to identify with addiction drugs were a huge part of my story Um, and alcohol was a huge part of my story but I had a stereotype of what an addict or what an alcoholic was and it was never exploded Um, but I kept going to meetings because I knew that my life with drugs and alcohol was unlivable um, I just wanted to, you know, I actually I had a really good friend um, at the time in recovery who, who really pushed me into the programme and he said to me, you know, like you're sitting on the fence, like how do you know that this is not for you? Um, he said, work, get a sponsor, work the steps and see if it's for you. Like how do you know if it's not for you if you haven't actually done the whole thing? And that made a lot of sense to me. So coming in with a lot of um, doubt about whether I actually had a seat there, whether I'd earned my seat, um, I stayed around for a year, picked up a year chip. And as they say, like, if you um, want to start uncovering the reasons why you drank and used, stop drinking and using, and then you'll start seeing how how much you need the programme. And it was a lot of aspects of the program that were really great you know there was some great fellowship Bali's a really great place to get clean and sober in um but there was so many highs and lows and the lows were extreme and excruciating and I had no solution and nobody could help me so I was having expectations of myself because I had got to almost two years clean and sober and I thought that I should have been happy joyous and free completely at that point and that's what I was hearing in the rooms as well um, and because that's what I was hearing from my peer group and that was the expectations I had in myself I was lying 
about where I was truly at. So Do you the, like hate those people too, mm-hmm. secretly? Do you know what? I've still got a huge resentment towards <laughs> those meetings. I was in a yes. meeting. Right. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> Fuck um, them, right? <laughs> no, like I just I put down the drink and everything's different. It's not like that today. Like oh my God. Okay. <laughs> seriously. I hated those people so much. Yeah. Uh, especially when they had less time than me. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much envy uh, was the worst. All right, sorry to interrupt you. Just relating so much. Yeah, I mean it's it's um I was you know it was just really really easy and it was almost like a default setting that when people were asking me how I was, I was just saying oh yeah no I'm really good and like just all of this bullshit. Um, but what had happened was I had worked the steps with an NA sponsor. Um, I had some great experiences through that, but it definitely wasn't fearless and thorough. Um, Did you do it out of the workbook or the green and gold thing? It was out of the step working guide and Mm -hmm. I kind of abandoned it around about step eight and nine and didn't really complete that and thought, well, you know. So you didn't do amends? I did some and really fucked them up. (laughs) I needed to go back and redo them mm. um it's a lot of writing that book right yeah it's crazy yeah yeah. Lots of writing. yeah I did it when I first got sober and I I mean that was like the first program that I was introduced to <clears throat> and it was a lot of like writing about self like so much a lot of repetitive questions I mean I felt like I was in school it was pretty intense yeah yeah, what about you, Natalie? Have you done the done that? I got that book and I maybe did a couple pages in step one, and that's what I remember, just the questions and then just quit. Yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> yeah. Um so I kind of abandoned it around about step eight and nine. I just it was just too overwhelming. Um and by the time I met Michaela, the sponsor who had worked through all 12 steps, you know, I was like, I've finished the steps now. She'd left Bali. So I was sponsorless. I hated everybody in the fellowship, although I was pretending to like them. Um, I felt utterly alone. And what I know now as the spiritual malady of alcoholism was completely overtaking me so I was just desperate for something new and everywhere I was looking it was like the same everybody seemed to be managing completely okay um and I just didn't understand what I was missing out on so when I heard Michaela share about the program and really broke down like you and I both know um, what that sounds like you know to people who haven't you should book them for a meeting um, but it really like kind of knocked the stuffing out of me and pushed me into surrender that I didn't know that I needed to have wow powerful do you remember that Michaelis you said the word stuffing, and I was just thinking about, is it cornbread stuffing? Is it like the stuffing that's like in the bird that you eat that has all the good juices in it? I just started to think like Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, that's where I went. And then garlic, 
cream cheese, mashed potatoes. I don't know. I'm, I'm hungry. It's like breakfast time. But yeah, I, I definitely. <laughs> I was actually thinking about stuffing that's in teddy bears. Yeah, that's what I thought of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> teddy bear yeah. stuffing. I'm hungry. <laughs> so um, then you had this experience of meeting Michaelis, kind of having this overwhelming emotional you know response to the message is what I heard you say it was it was in the meeting it was an over overwhelming response to the message as you just put out I when when the meeting opened for people to share from the floor I wanted to look cool in that meeting because I'd heard something so amazing and I wanted to sound cool I don't know why it was an AA meeting and I opened my mouth to say whatever cool thing I was hoping to say and God took over and my voice cracked and tears started rolling down my face. And I don't really remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, the programme that you, you work seems to be amazing. And if I worked the programme anything like you do, then I wouldn't be in such a mess or whatever. That's what came out of my mouth. Wow. Um, and after the meeting finished, um, what I was fully expecting to happen was Michaelis going off with all of the cool people from the meeting and ignoring everybody else, because that's usually what happens. But what happened was he gathered up a whole bunch of misfits from the meeting, myself included. Blue was there, actually. <laughs> and we all went for pizza. And then we all went back to, uh, I think it was Navia's house you were staying at. And then everybody started to leave one by one. And then it was just you and I alone. And and then I've already told you that story. So, Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. I absolutely remember that. I feel like it might have been Mexican, though, at La Caracha or like, La, what's that place? Um. I'm pretty sure it was an Italian just off Sunset Road. And <laughs> oh, okay. Or Gina took us there. Is that oh, where? Yeah, yeah it's, it's very possible. Food is on yeah. your mind, Michaelis. <laughs> no, that was like a. It's so funny. It was a really. It was a really powerful night, actually. Um, and I do remember your share, and and yeah, I mean, I was really like empathetic to the pain that you were in at time you know what I mean like I did so I definitely wanted to reach out to you and I'm glad that you stayed and talked and you know it was really cool it was really cool yeah well it was more cool and then like later on down the track as we started to go through the book and you explained really what unity was and how to do that in the fellowship and I realized what an example that was of how to do it it was you know a real demonstration of living the program and it's something that I've taken with me um for years like you know where I've gone and it's really helped me and it's helped a lot of people well so you said you um it was around two years that you guys met right so well what's your sobriety date or how long I mean how long have you been clean and sober now um, God willing, 
the first of January, it will be nine years. So crazy. That's amazing. I'm, I am not doing this. <laughs> no, you've been through so much. It's amazing. Really so this is. has been like six years ago that this whole experience. Oh, oh yeah, almost seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're the yeah. first person I worked with in Bali, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. the guinea pig. So you guys started working together and tell us how what happened, what started changing, what was next. Do you know the 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 thing that actually comes to mind that I just want to mention is I had massive reservations about working with Michaela because he was a guy mm-hmm. and because of what he'd said to me and I felt really embarrassed. I spoke to another woman on the fellowship um, and she said, look, you know, have a, have a go and see what happens. Um, and we've talked about this quite a lot over over the years. Like, um, I think that there was a lot of people in the fellowship who had a problem with it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think they had a problem with me in general. <laughs> <laughs> but a problem because it's a man and woman working together, and that's generally frowned upon in the meetings. Yeah. Um. But I remember, I remember you, I remember Michaela saying to me that my job is to be of service. And if God presents somebody, a person in front of me who needs my help, and I'm able to give them that help, then why wouldn't I help them, male or female? Um, and that's just, you know, that how things are supposed to be. Um, and I thought that was a really beautiful way of looking at it. Um, like the journey through the steps showed me um, that I had very dubious decision-making processes around my relationships with men and women, but relationships with men. And I remember Michaela saying to me, um, you know, like this is an opportunity for you to experience having a healthy relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. And I haven't thought about that for a long time. It's been a long time since we've had a right good chat about my experience with you. I don't know if I've ever done this, but um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's just all of these things are absolute gold. Yeah. You helped me here a lot too, actually. You know, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of personality and I hope you don't take this like offensively because I don't mean this bad at all, but like there was a lot of personality traits that paralleled my mother's actually. And like getting to do the work with you, like allowed me to heal like resentments that I had towards her, you know, which was really amazing for me to work with you in that capacity and to like love you unconditionally and to like have that was awesome for me it really changed everything it was awesome so thank you um you're welcome would you like to expand on that at all um like which part um well i think you just said that i reminded you of your mother 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I forget like the, the specific details of the personality traits because you've like grown so much since then. And I can't really remember like what you were like, but, um, you know, there was like, um, there was some of like the controlling stuff and some of the manipulative stuff, you know, that like you used to exhibit that definitely reminded me of my mom, some of like the dishonesty with yourself, um, thinking that you were coming from a certain place, but acting differently. That reminded me of my mother. Um, there was like some of the judgment stuff. My mom was very like judgmental, like a lot of the stuff that, you know, you, you did when we first started working together that you've like walked through really just reminded me of her, you know? And it was just the stuff that I had like a really hard time, like having grace for her about, you know, especially because like she had gone to Al-Anon and, you know, just like I had expectations on myself that I needed to be a certain amount of healthy because I had this amount of time. Like I judged her for not being a certain amount of healthy because she'd been invested in Al-Anon for a certain amount of time. I mean, it's all goes for a circle. And I guess in the end, it all boils down to our relationships with ourselves, but we project that outwards, of course. And, um, and yeah, so in being able to like show up and do this work with you and have this work at the center of our relationship. Um, yeah, it really helped me a lot, you know? So, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Who knew that this is where the conversation was going to go? <laughs> well, that's like the, beauty, like the beauty of this thing. It's like, you know, we think that we're just kind of getting outside of ourselves. You know, maybe some of us get to see that we launch ourselves into the moment by having a purpose. Um, some of us get to see that, like, during the time period that we do the work, you know, we give the universe a space to kind of work shit out for us. But there's this whole other level of, like, you know, the more people we work with, the more we run into those types of characters that we might have resentments against or some sort of feeling, you know, energy behind. And for some reason, when you put the big book in between you and another human being, it just creates this space of like compassion and love and tolerance, even if it's just for that hour. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see that like, oh, wait, I I can view this person and this personality archetype in a different way, you know, and it just sort of starts healing some of these other relationships that we've got going on back here that we might, you know, have had long-term issues with. So it's really, it's just a great, cool thing to do, you know? So. Totally. Yeah. So, um, you went through the process with Michaelis. At what point, how long were you in the big book study before you started helping others through the big book yourself? Tell me about the first person that you started working with and how long were you in the book when you started working with that first person? And also like just trying to find people to work with. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I I love talking about this because it is so hilarious to look back on it and there's so much God in it because 
Michaelis, um, Michaelis isn't a great time manager. And he, I, I hit him up after his initial offer of taking me through the book and I was desperate to get going. And he said, okay, well, tomorrow afternoon and was really non-specific about what time in the afternoon. So I was like kind of hanging about all afternoon waiting to hear from Michaelis and I thought I thought he was fucking with me. <laughs> like trying to test my willingness or something. <laughs> test my patience or but um but anyway eventually he came round and I mean it was all very quick. It was the Thursday night I heard him, the Friday night I heard him um, the Saturday I said okay let's do this and it might have been the next day um, that he came round and we had the first session where we talked about the set aside prayer drew the circle and the triangle the triangle and the circle um, and went through those two pages I, I don't really remember um, how long all of that took probably not that long um, and the, the salient point was, um, so if you really want to be free from alcoholism, then you have to work all three sides of this triangle, unity, recovery and service all the time, um, as soon as possible. And I'm looking at him and he's like this example of grace and ease. And I'm like a sweating mess on the floor and I was you know, like just I was like well how am I going to get people to work with like how um you know like nobody's going to want my help I don't know how to do this and he gave me the opportunity to rehash what he'd just shown me um and I went away and um the, I think the last thing that you said to me was if you want what I've got then you'll do what I do and this is what I do so go and do it and let me know how you're getting on. Um, <laughs> I, I went I went down to the beach um, and I bumped into the girl who brought me into my first meeting that I mentioned earlier. And her and I had really drifted apart. We were like sober buddies in the beginning, but she really struggled. And she was in and she was out and she was in and she was out and she was out most of the time. And this day I bumped into her at the beach and things hadn't been great between us. Um, but I saw her and she saw me and she came running over and she just burst into tears with this whole tirade about how things were really terrible in her life. And I said, look, I've, I've got someone to take me through the steps again and it's this new experience. Let's sit down. I mean, I had no book. I had nothing. I, like, just, I was just fresh out of this traumatic experience with Michaela's about an hour earlier. Wow. And down at the beach and she, she's in tears and, and I just said, look, I, I just know that there's this new way and I know that it's good and it's going to be okay. And she went, is it going to be okay? And I said, yeah, it's going to be okay. And we both looked at each other and we just started to laugh. And for that moment, we were both completely relieved and free from any trouble or worries because we were completely connected in the moment of just having this pure desire to be there for one another. 
Um, and that's a really big moment for me. Wow. I can feel it warm my heart. Yeah, I feel that so powerful. Yeah. Um, and we actually spoke today. Oh um, my gosh. With, um, really? Yeah, she she's in Australia now and she's trying to get her dogs over from Bali. How's she doing? She good? Yeah, she's really good. Um, her and her husband have just bought a house just south of Perth and she's got a great job and she just seems really happy. Awesome. Did you take her through the whole book study? I didn't do anything. That was it. That was, that was it. That was it. <laughs> wow. That was it. But that was my first experience of seeing the power of trying to carry the message that worked for both of us in the moment but it worked for me and the reminder that I've always had is that I'm doing this for me I don't have any power over what the outcome was um so yeah you you asked about you know what it was like like trying to find people to work with and and in Bali at the time it was a nightmare (laughs) I was bouncing off the walls like batshit crazy And the general protocol was you have to ask somebody to sponsor you and you're not qualified to sponsor people until you have, you know, 400 years in recovery, whatever it was. And then here was me, like, desperately trying to save my life because Michaelis told me it would save my life. I didn't have any personal experience of it. And I was rocking up to meetings I'm walking up to people at the end of the meeting going, hi, do you want me to take you through the big book? And they were going, "Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to think out of the box because Alice wouldn't take me through any more of the book and passed on what he passed on to me. He was like really, really hard on me. So I, at the time, like there was no Zoom meetings. So I was a member of another fellowship um, I was going to OA as well at the time. So I was doing some OA meetings on Skype and I found that some of them were using the big book. So I was like hitting up OA meetings on Skype and I was like messaging people in the chat going, hi, I've got a solution. <laughs> Would you like to go through the big book? And the the first proper experience that I had of going through the book with anyone was this lady who lived in Japan and she could only meet me at 11 o'clock at night. And I would do that. And she wanted to meet every night. And Michaela said, well, you just meet her every night then. Oh, wow. I did that until she didn't want to do it anymore. And <laughs> I had to find more people. <laughs> I love that. It was manic. It was like really, really manic looking back on it. Like I was hustling for recovery. Woo-hoo. Still hustling like Bill. That's awesome. (laughs) So, um, yeah, tell me more. Like, whenever you got, did you get into a swing of things as far as getting a stable of people or a number of people? Like, did you find your stride? Like, how did it evolve? So, I kept doing what I was doing I was going to these Facebook groups I was trying to find people I've done that (laughs) 
alcohol AA travelers or whatever it was. I mean, we would have had more opportunity now, but at the time, um, that's what I was doing. And I just kept doing it. And I, I literally was just doing what I could or what other people would allow me to do with them. And I had, again, an expectation that I was supposed to take everybody through the full process um, and yeah, I did get into more of a stride with it. Like some actual people showed up who actually wanted my help in real life. Um, but, you know, to be honest, over the years, I haven't actually worked with anybody or not anybody. I haven't worked with many people who've completely gone all the way through the book. There's been a few. Um, and yeah, like you know it's 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 a real lesson and you know like letting go of what you think things should be and just trying to show up as best you can in the moment and be of service um with the 12 steps totally well Michaelis um I think you'll find this story very interesting Marnie will you would you like to share about our meeting and meeting up again and how we're even having this podcast right now because it this blew my mind (laughs) so during all of this um early hustling to find people to work with I approached Natalie at the Bali convention in 2016 it wasn't long before I was moving back to Scotland and I saw Natalie and I kind of recognised a bit of suffering in her and went over and had a chat, like, you know, just trying to be the light. And we had a little bit of a chat and I said, well, you know, I could help. And I gave her my best pitch and she said, no. (laughs) (laughs) She did that, I heard, back then. You're not the only one, so don't take it personally. (laughs) Do you know what? I don't think I did, but maybe I probably did because I take things really personally. Well, what was so crazy was like Marnie's birthday was recently and I reached out to her on Facebook and we had this conversation and she's like, I said, have we met before? I know we've like had a conversation before. I had, I did not remember this at all. I had no recollection. And she's like, I asked you to go through the big book. I'm like, what you asked the what Uh, she blew my mind. And then she's like, you said no. And I'm like, oh my God. So like, higher power in whatever year that was with Marnie offered me the big book. I said, no. And then Marcy offered it to me two years ago. And I said, no, again, the same freaking big book study And Marcy's so freaking crazy. I, he wouldn't let me say no, (laughs) but it's, it, it just blew my mind. And then whenever she's like, yeah, the convention, I was like, I do remember that. And what I remember about Marnie she was so kind and loving and helpful in my experience of people in the program. They're not really that way. They're not super giving and helpful. Not. And and I, I was like, wow. I mean, I was touched. I remember feeling touched at her kindness. It felt so sincere, but then I was like, no, I don't want to do a fucking big book study. But then she still like messed or maybe it was, and then maybe I could, didn't have a book and I mean, whatever, there was something about that. But I just remember we had some messages 
And she was like, Hey, if you ever want to do that big book study, I remember thinking, wow, she's really fucking crazy about this big book study. (laughs) But it was like, I don't know her just sincerity and like just willingness to listen to me. Cause I was, I mean, I was, I was like perpetually a mess before I found the big book study. So I was, you know, having some other whatever meltdown, like I was always having whenever I did meet her, I don't even know what it was. It was probably about a boy or something, but um, yeah, I knew I was in some kind of a state. So when she told me that story, like a month ago, it just blew my mind. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, will you please be on the podcast? Like, Oh my God, I'm doing this big books. I've done the big book study. Blah, we have a podcast. It was so cool. She's <laughs> really awesome. She is really loving and kind. So have you had like, ebbs and flows with the process like in terms of working people and not working with people how has that affected your life like what what's been your experience over the years so that's it's an excellent uh, direction to go in in the conversation because my my overall experience like if I if I had to sum it up is that the program, meaning carrying the message and taking other people through the program in order to treat all three sides of my disease has absolutely saved my life on so many occasions. And in some situations, it's brought me a lot of joy. It's brought me a lot of connection. Um, it has given me um, the you know, a way of being anywhere in the world and having the option to connect to the program, to people, to the power. But it's not been plain sailing at all. Um, But what I will say is that no matter what, like, so I've left, I left Bali and I went to live in a completely new place. I went to live in the Highlands of Scotland and I was still young in sobriety. I was three and a half years sober. I'd just come off the Bali convention. Um, Michaelis was taking me through the book. We were still going through the rest of the book. I was still at the amends part and I arrived in this place fully expecting it to be exactly like the Bali Fellowship. And what I found was it was a very different place. And in the same way that Michaelis, um, you know, had judgment and people, you know, like having issues with the way that he was doing things, I was experiencing that for myself in the fellowship where I landed. And without having an established network of people and without having a lot of experience in recovery, it was a very bumpy road. Um, And I experienced a lot of pain in the fellowship by taking personally people's opinions of me. Um, But I never stopped doing what I was doing. I just kept going. And I created a little big book study for some of the girls that I met. One of the people who I've gone through the steps entirely with was in that group. Um, And again, it was a similar thing when I got back to Glasgow. I had expectations of what Glasgow would be like compared to this other place. And 
I just kept taking people through the book and um so there's actually only been two people altogether who I've completely taken through the whole process and beyond and one of those people's moved away I'm not really in touch with her anymore and another one of the, the other one is actually here in Glasgow and to watch her life completely transform is actually beyond comprehension and it's a real example to me of the power of the program and she's a great friend um, we're on the same page with the recovery program uh, we're in different fellowships um, so there's, ju- there, there's just been so many things that have gone on in my life in the last four years or so that have been incredibly difficult and painful that I haven't had the you know the elevation and the joy that has you know like people say is on offer I have at some points there's been some amazing things that have happened but what it has absolutely done is kept me sober and it's kept me alive um last year during lockdown I I lost my mum right at the beginning of lockdown And I I live in this little place by myself and I don't have family that support me. Um, So I was alone through that process. And at the beginning of lockdown last year, it was like the Armageddon. So to have a major loss um, and, you know, actually I have to say that, you know, my mum was on my resentment list multiple times. Um, So we had a very, very difficult relationship. And because of the programme, I was able to show up for her in the last, you know, breaths of her life and be the person that facilitated an atmosphere where she felt comfortable enough to let go. Um, And what got me through that was working with others, like without a shadow of a doubt, if I didn't have, I mean, it was amazing what happened with Zoom last year, you know, people from all over the world. Like I was like, great, I can get out of Scotland. I'm going back to Bali. I'm going to I'm going to California. I'm going to Hawaii. And, you know, like I just had all of these opportunities to meet people who hadn't heard the message in the way that we've heard the message and to give myself something to do during that really, like it was a bad time. Um, so, you know, like I still, I'm in a lot of grief. Um, I still feel a lot of loss. I'm still, you know, I actually have a lot of anger about how things went down last year, but I'm still sober and I'm still alive, which is an absolute miracle, um, if you ask me. So I don't know if that answers your question. I said, I'll just say this in a nutshell, and I went on for five minutes. It's amazing. That was perfect. I mean, you definitely highlighted the fact that when shit gets rough, like this work will carry you through it. And you also talked about how it really doesn't matter. Like if you completed the work with other people or if there's that consistency, like what matters is just that you're doing it. You know what I mean? Wherever you are in the book, wherever you're, you know, working with another person, whenever you're being of service, like you're still treating mind, body and spirit, whether that person stays on or, doesn't you know which is why we like continue to actively seek because not everybody stays on and that's okay 
you know, we stay out of those results, which teaches us about staying out of results and the detachment and all that stuff that you talked about. So now it's perfect, really perfect. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, Marnie. The clarity of your story and your message and the example and even through the loss of your mother, like that's really powerful. Thank you so much for sharing and being so vulnerable and um yeah, what an example of recovery and the power of this process. So does anyone else have any, do you want to say anything else, Marnie? It kind of feels like a good place to wrap up. Okay, yes, Marnie. <clears throat> I think um, I actually wrote down a, a few things that I just wanted to have the opportunity to say. Um, in, in recent times, in really recent times, I've been... Recalibrating myself as a human being on this planet, like I, f- I felt like I've been living in the eye of a tornado for so long, and I've just been spat out of it. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? And it's it's a good place to be because the first, you know, for the first time in a really long time, I feel like there's some stability, and I don't need to go you know, like absolutely hustling for friends, for, you know, like for family. Like I've got some really good perspective on things. Like when you go through really big events, it really shows who people are. Um, I've even been reevaluating um about whether, you know, like I actually want to still continue being in, in 12-step meetings. Um, and, you know, like I've put myself in situations over the last year um, where I was confusing service in the way that we know service to be service in the, in the, in the fellowship. And what I said before was that service has saved my life and it really has um, multiple times over the years. Where I get confused is where I put myself into dangerous situations. And I've really been questioning my relationship with Alcoholics Anonymous in the last little while. Um, And again, like, you know, my expectations have been very high of where, you know, of, of how other fellows should be. But the perspective that I've got is that you know, I've not done myself any favours because what I've been doing is ping-ponging from one continent to another in the last 12 years and I've been travelling in a perpetual state of trauma with a wheelbarrow full of drama and that's not great. There's there's not that many people that can carry that for you. And you know what, the ones who can, like, they're keepers, absolute keepers. Can I clarify one thing quickly? Like you're questioning your relationship with Alcoholics Anonymous or the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous? The fellowship. Okay, cool. That's a good like clarification. Yeah. All right, cool. Sorry. And what what keeps happening is through my like, you know, I'm just pausing when agitated. Um and God keeps sending me people 
that are keeping me grounded. Like, you know, this this podcast just now, um, a few people in Glasgow have reached out and, you know, I went to a meeting last night because some random person I've not seen for a while reached out. Um, a, a girl who asked me to take her through the steps like a year and a half ago who went away and, you know, she's reached out and there's, you know, there's just a few things that, is showing me that God is sometimes doing for me what I can't do for myself. And I'm very aware of that. And if I wasn't sober and if I didn't have the experience of having a daily practice with all of this, I wouldn't see it. Yeah, totally. I understand that. My like recovery is not meeting centric at all. And it's also not service, like in the fellowship sense of like, you know, GSR, like organizing, like just business meetings, like all that stuff. I mean, it just uh, honestly, like, I don't know how to manage doing that stuff without wanting to manage doing that stuff. And like management (laughs) and me just like, don't like it's just not where I want to be. So I totally, totally get that, you know? So yeah, I mean, we find our way that works for us. For me, it's just taking as many people through the book as I possibly can. Some people just do it differently. So I'm glad that you've seen that, learned that, know that you can still like be a part of it without being a part of it, you know? So that's cool. And love how higher power is just bringing you people and that you're still available for service and just navigating finding our way I mean the three sides of the triangle you know it doesn't have to be an AA meeting just taking somebody through the book you know so um, yeah I'm the same way I don't I don't really go to meetings so I'm yeah I mean, not to say I won't, but right now I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm in the book every day with people and, um, but it is what it is. I'm going to more meetings now than I feel like I have in like the last, I don't know, like in the last month and a half that I've been in LA, I feel like I've been to more meetings than I went to in like the last seven years of my sobriety. Oh wow. It's really crazy. Yeah, it's been really interesting. So, but it's your, it's your home. It's where you got sober. Does it what yeah. is that hearing on them? I think like I mean I've been asked to speak a lot of meetings here, which has been cool. And I just uh you know, a lot of my friends here go to meetings. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like what they do. And um but it's been really, it's nice. I mean, I've seen that just like I have a new perspective on LA. I have a new perspective on meetings and and it's been really cool. And I've kind of seen it just as like, especially the speaking aspect, it's kind of preparing me for this next phase of my life with the book. And I just feel like the universe is really preparing me, which is cool. So I'm so proud of you, Marty. I'm really, it's really nice to see you and to hear you and, like you've really grown so much and I know like how much stuff you've walked through and I'm sure there's so much stuff that I don't know that you walk through and it's just really amazing to see like 
how resilient of a person that you are. And, you know, it's just, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, you feel it. You are. That, that's, been, that's been my pitch to people in recent times. If I've been sharing, it's like, look, I don't really have a huge message of hope here, but if you're struggling with life and you want to know how to not die, <laughs> well, I love awesome. your willingness. I mean, even whenever I, you know, asked you to consider being on the podcast, you know, you had to consider being on it, but you, you agreed. So, you know, that's what it's about. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Never awesome missed message. the opportunity to connect with my sober family. We love you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I yeah, love I you guys. Thank you. Well, this will yeah. be a great place. Uh, we'll stop the recording in just a minute. We can say bye after that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Marnie, for being a wonderful guest today. Thank you, Michaelis, as always, for co-hosting and being here. And um, yeah, please reach out if you have questions, comments, want to say anything about what we're saying, want to connect with us individually, find where we are on the internet. You can do that. Um, Marnie, is there anything you're up to in the world that you want to share within, with anyone who might be listening? You don't have to, but I'll, if there's anything you want to. Cold water swimming. Cold <laughs> water swimming in Scottish lochs is my new form of meditation. And oh my God, it's so good. It like see the sleep that you get after you've been in Loch Lomond when it's freezing. Oh my god. I feel like James is like trying to sell me on that. Actually, it's really funny. Cold water swimming, that's good. Yeah, it's a good one. Thank you. All right. Um, well, please join us next time for another amazing guest and um like I said, if anybody wants to reach out, questions, comments, want to do the book study, we've got tons of amazing people that can help with that. Um, <laughs> so we'll see everybody next time on the Real Recovery Podcast. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.